I am Janine Dukabu, the author of Intentionality, living a rewarding and intentional life. Unlock your potential. You can live and make an impact every day. As a life and career coach, I'll help you navigate change, overcome obstacles and define your purpose. Passion, power and purpose is what I am all about. Passion for God, passion for life, passion for my family and genuinely caring for people. I am intentional. Join me as we merge passion, power and purpose to create a unique personality, giving you the power to influence and the ability to effectively reign in all aspects of life. Good morning and welcome to 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine. This morning I've got Bianca Ace with me. She was a former gender-based violence victim that today is an overcomer and she's got an extremely amazing testimony and story um, about how you can overcome gender-based violence and be in a relationship with that, lead and live a completely, completely new life. So welcome to 10 Intentional Minutes this morning, Bianca. It is great to have you with us. Hello, Janine. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. Bianca, I want to like get straight into it and ask you this question. Where did it all start? Janine, that's probably one of the hardest questions because when you look at any relational relationship cycle, there are different phases to it. And what, what started as um, occasional incidents or, you know, excuses due to stress or a long day or whatever, you could have excused for, from time to time. And we know we all make mistakes and we try to learn from them and grow from them. And then that just continued to intensify over time and over the incidents just kept intensifying and the levels of hurt or misbehavior that just got worse and worse over time. And it make me think of one of, uh, on our very first podcast, we spoke to Monique Taylor and she was saying that when she goes to schools to introduce this and, and to help children to understand what it is, and um, she does a demonstration where, where the kids play and then they start bumping each other around. And um, it's like, first off, like you say, it starts with something small and you apologize. And then the next time there's an argument, it just gets a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. So it's that point of it should never happen, right? Yes. And although you try to forgive other people for their mistakes, you have an honest conversation to say, this is how I felt hurt. Maybe that mm. wasn't your intention, but this is how I felt. And then that should, in a healthy relationship, get better over time to say, listen, sorry, I, I did make a big mistake. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll not do this again. But when it continues to escalate and get worse and that gets start being used as an excuse, and you know what, mm -hmm. last time you said this and now that, it becomes very toxic and it becomes very hurtful in so many ways. And like you said, mm -hmm. it's the bumping and that. But as you get to know somebody in a relationship, you learn to where to press the buttons. You learn to know what words hurt more. Because sure. some people you might bump and it's, I'm fine. You know, it's like mm. the situation is resolved. But sometimes the words cut deeper than mm. certain actions. Sometimes the, the psychological part of that and the emotional part of that just get, just becomes a sore on its own where mm. it just, later you cannot disconnect it from the certain situations. And then mm. when that happens, then you become, get to a point where you remember very specific instances and you remember specific things. And um, there was one scenario where I was in, where, where friends were involved and one of them said, I need to go now because I will literally do something to this tantrum that I will regret. So I'm going to go home now. And mm -hmm. at that point I felt like, how can you leave me here? Can you like mm -hmm. take me with? And yeah. that was part of my conflict is 
what the world saw and what mm. happened behind the closed doors were never the same thing. And wow. only I had that reality of both worlds and mm. everybody else saw the, the nice and the friendliness and the everything that that mosque that was on for the rest of the world. Mm. Sure. And what did you do in conflict situations like this? How did you even handle that? For me, I was, I felt that I was much younger. You learn as you go and I apologized and I learned to do it better next time. That was for me, the thing is that I can always do something better next time. There's always room to do something and learn from it. And, um, then later, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> later, as the years went by, you realize that I've done it better. Mm. I've done it the best way I can. But mm. that certain conflict situation just keeps on escalating. Um, mm. That no matter how hard I try to avoid it by good behavior or doing things right or doing whatever, I couldn't. There was mm -hmm. just no way because the conflict was whether I did something and then the conflict was whether I didn't do something. Mm -hmm. And that for me was one of the worst is you did this and this and that, but I didn't do that. So how do you prove something that you didn't do wrong or didn't mm -hmm. do? So how, how do you defend that? Yeah, And like it was like, I need to get out. Mm -hmm. I, I need to just literally get out of this situation. And I would literally get in my car and go sleep in a parking lot or whatever, just to get out because wow. I, I, I'm For smuggling the and there's nothing like literally else. literally the entire night. Yes, sometimes I did. Sometimes I came wow. back like very late and got scared and things like that. But otherwise wow. I would just take a long break or tomorrow morning very early be out and then do whatever ju just to not be there and not face this conflict because it just got so intense that I, I just couldn't anymore. There was everything that I tried, everything that I try, um, tried to get a solution for was the next time used against me. And mm. it just continued to escalate. And some, sometimes I, I was just like so completely overwhelmed and like, I'm done. I was like, I literally can't do anymore. You put yourself in danger to get out of danger. <laughs> How crazy is that? Is that, and then that's also the manipulative side of abuse. Is like you say, you try and do things right. You try and improve. You try and, and change things. But it's just like you said, it's just never enough. Is that the manipulative side of it? Yeah, I think the big side regarding the control to to um, for for the for the toxic situation for to be in that control and then to be able to take that control away and then at least I've got one fear to deal with. I don't have this constant sure. fighting throughout the night. I don't have this constant going on and not getting anywhere because now I just have to be scared that nobody gets to me you know it's wow. not this and the fighting and that so I would like uh, and then if if my stuff was confiscated then I would walk in the city wow. streets at night I mean like if and your stuff like, was confiscated you mean your car was taken away from you yeah, and, and my phone, often my phone as well. So I was wow. cut off from the so, world or whatever. So you so can't it, speak it was, to somebody, can't ask for help. Yeah. And wow. unfortunately, in that situation, you also convince yourself that authorities cannot help you. People cannot help you. There's so much shame and guilt that goes with that, with, with that psychological warfare that you tell yourself in so many ways, so many lies as well with, because you are not thinking straight. You, you, you're so completely overwhelmed, like having your head underwater, that even though the water is just above your head, you can't. You cannot see that it's this air there, just breathe. Because yeah. you're so consumed in, in that conflict situation that there's just, there's nothing else except that moment in time and that overwhelmingness of, I'm drowning. I'm literally wow. just drowning in this. Sure. And how long were you married? 
Well, how long were you in that relationship? Because you were dating, obviously, like you were saying, there's phases. Yeah, um, in total, I was 18 years in that relationship and 12, uh, yeah, 12 years married. Wow. Yeah, I live in 12 years married. So, yeah, it, it's it's basically a lifetime, you know, it's, it's nearly two decades of your lifetime. life. Mm. Yeah, so it's, um, and it's stuff that starts small and grow bigger and bigger. And mm. I was young and all of those kind of things. So, it's, you try to do research and you try to do find ways and you try to deal with the shame and the guilt. For me, the big thing was that fear was a very big thing. Um, the, there's so many things that you later repeat yourself or say to yourself that, that you, the fear becomes so paralyzing yeah. that you literally cannot think further than that. It is, no matter what you're trying to face and try to sort out, this fear just makes you so numb. It's, it's like, mm. like the background. It's like you are aware of it, but you can't really see. You, yeah. you can't see a solution. You can't, it's, like, it's like trying to hold your uh, mouth or like the days we wore masks and you like can I just take it off so I can breathe and yeah. many found that way in that situation and and I think that's what fear does to a lot of us um, mm -hmm. the psychological warfare that goes with us the emotional side and the the guilt because yeah. if My I guilt. was a better spouse uh -huh. Okay. If I was a better spouse, I wouldn't make him angry. If I was to take better care of him, it would be easy at home. If I wow. did this better, behave that better, then I wouldn't ha have this or that reaction. And mm. that goalpost kept changing. Yeah. And no, it through through the years it kept changing, and and you can't keep up, and wow. you get. You get to a point where you're like, I need help. I need, mm. I need so much help. And mm. I do believe that there are lots of people that can help in different situations and things. But I, I do remember going to the psychiatrist and I said to her, okay, you need to teach me how to shut up. Wow. And she just like, okay. And then as time went on and things like that, and I did leave and I came back and we had a discussion about that and stuff. And eventually I stopped seeing him because he didn't have control about the situation and he didn't mm. like what could have been discussed because that would make him be in a bad light or whatever. But mm. all I was there is trying to get to fix me. I always saw yeah. the problem with me. If I could fix wow. me, then everything else would be better. And sure. There was just all of that I, I couldn't. There was eventually I had to say, like, listen, I can't. Even with this yeah. help, I couldn't. Why why stay so long? 18 years, like you say, it's a lifetime. Um part of it is he was the social butterfly and I wasn't. What people saw, the house, the car, always so nice, always everybody's friend and miserable me coming along again. You know, it's like people are just tolerating you for his sake mm. and um, people don't really love you. And there was so later you believe those things. Later you tell yourself things that relates to something else that was said. And mm. even though even though there might be part of truth in it, it's not the whole truth. And even mm. if it's a complete lie, that fear that just completely grips you, because if you're going to look at your, um, it's, it's usually about control. They try to always control the situation. And then the, The thing, things like they'll say, well, when you're older, you'll be able to reason better. You'll be able to do things better. You'll be able to um, think better and answer better. Don't worry, you're young. Those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's, it's, a, it's an extremely psychological warfare and also a false sense of security. Mm -hmm. 
because yeah. there are Very people true. worse off. There are people that are not fed. Sure. There are people that don't have a house or a car and there are people. Wow. So um, I must be grateful for what I've got and I must be thankful. Yeah. So stop complaining. Stop being difficult. Yeah. So it's, it's always that, I'm going to say the thing that's playing off the one against the other. You know, I do this and that for you. Yeah. Why, why are you criticizing this or why aren't you happy with that? Sure. And you, it's not always, I think that's, that's part of what people see is like, yes, you did do this or you went on there and you did that. And there's certain things that money can buy, but there's other things that money can't buy. It can't buy your peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you go on this exclusive fancy holiday and you literally cry every day, because you did something wrong and you're forever in trouble and stuff. And it's like, keep your money. It's like, I'm yeah. it's like, really, please just keep your money. And everybody keep their opinions in that case as well. It's like, that is, I'll rather go small and I'll rather go do two jobs or whatever and find security in something else and have, and, and have my peace. Yes. And, and what made you decide, at what point did you now decide, you know what, enough is enough. This is where I draw the line. I need to get out. It's, it's been a long time coming. I did leave and I did go back and leave all the promises and stuff. They, lost, they usually lasted about a month or two and then it went back to square one and then even worse. Um, mm. Like I said, the, the holiday, when realized it's like, this is supposed to be relaxing. I'm mm. freaking out here and I just want to go home and I just want to be alone. Can the whole world yeah. just leave me alone? Can I just be alone? Um, yeah. One of the major fights were always about kids. And then it was all different levels thereof until the point of that it's my fault that they weren't kids. And then in those fights and after those fights, I'm like, thank goodness there's no kids because sure. I only needed to protect myself. I only needed yeah. to worry about myself and get myself through this. And I didn't even know how to do that all the time. So that was like, and that was, it's like, do I really want to put kids in this? Mm. If I'm getting to the point where I don't want to be home, mm. I don't it's like, can I literally be anywhere else by myself, even if it's walking mm. on the streets, that I don't have to be in home. In the middle of the night. And That's what I'm saying. Is like, <laughs> it's like you say, the psychological battle is so real that you don't even realize that you put yourself in so much danger just to get away from danger. You don't realize yes. that. Or no, like you, you said, you do. You do in a way because it's like, okay, I only have to deal with one danger now. Like you said. Yes. It's like because your, now the, your... the one danger was bigger than the other. So I'd rather deal with a smaller one. Wow. wow. And for me, that is the last maybe seven years was I needed my home to be my place of peace. I needed to yeah, be safety. my safe place. Yeah. And yeah. not my war zone. Yeah. So, and, so when you've gone through this process now, how did you know? And you said, okay, this is it. I'm leaving and the last time now, because like you said, you, you did leave and you did go back. What did you, how did you know that this time was the right time? I've made this choice and I've made the right choice. I was a little bit sneaky in that regard to some extent. I would ask people advice. Okay. Like blind advice. So I will ask you a random question um, to other people that I knew was in different kind of situations or had that kind of spouse in that, um, like accountants have got different brains than engineers, than lawyers. And so I would ask people like things and people will give their opinion what first comes to mind, but that is often what is like in their heart because they mm -hmm. haven't put filters through on it always so quickly when you catch them off guard. So sometimes I would use some blind advice and also coming back every time. Um, people didn't know about the times or um, sometimes I took an extended holiday to my gran and sometimes I would go visit a friend and 
so people didn't always know that I actually kind of left in a way. Yeah. Because I would hide that from the world. The, the shame yeah. and the guilt made me hide so much from the world. And every time I came back, it was worse. Mm. And I was never allowed to have a break, take care of myself, fill up my tank to be able to give again, and mm. those kind of things. I had to just be there and be performing the whole time. Or so I felt. Maybe mm. that wasn't the intention, but that is how I felt in the situation. Mm. Yeah. And I had to learn to make peace that I make mistakes, but I'm not responsible for others' behavior. How you deal with a mistake that somebody else makes is your choice. It's your, um, your discernment regarding that. So whether mm. you use it for the good or for the bad, it doesn't matter. I and like that because I, you, came, you came to a point where you took responsibility for your own feelings and your own decisions and not the feelings and decisions of others. Doesn't mean you're not caring. It just means you're building yourself up and becoming stronger within yourself. Yes, and um, there's a saying of um, Raven Wolf that says, moving on isn't about not loving someone anymore and forgetting them. It's having the strength to say, I love you, but you are not worth the pain. Sure. And I love sayings and things like that. Um, and often you, I got those at the right, just the right time. Mm -hmm. But for mm. me, I was done with all the sleepless mm. nights. I was done training. I literally would train myself sore so that the other hurts will hurt less. So what that training I, did you the, do? Like physical I would go running exercise. or park run yeah. or whatever. It's like the um, whatever was the cheapest and made me get out in the oh. most, you know. And um, just so that I... I don't have to hurt anymore. My ribs don't have to hurt when I breathe. My, I don't have to hurt when I swallow. And I don't have to hide bruises. And I don't have to wear long sleeves in the heat wave just because I'm, nobody's allowed to see. Nobody's allowed to know. It's like, you see this strong woman. You see this go-getter. You see this in the workplace. And I needed that to stop. Yeah, I was back at the ranch. I was done to the point. World. Yeah, I, I was. I was just beyond sick, and mm. I had my GP's cover for me in many instances to the point where it counted against me that when I took out a policy, this and that was excluded because that was forever on my GP reports. Because I didn't wow. think like saying, "Okay, another headache is going to be a problem." So, yes, you can have this and this cover, but except for headaches. Because what did I do? I covered up. But doctor, please make me feel better. Make this pain go, go away. And wow. then to the point where I got to the doctor and I said to him, if what I say inside stays here, or must you report stuff? And he's like, can you please stop crying? Catch your breath. I can't hear what you're saying. And then it's like, no, if you need what stays in you, what says in you stays in you. And if you need numbers, I'll help you. Mm. But I needed to reach that point. You can't take somebody sure. out of there if they don't reach that point where enough is enough. Because yeah. they'll go back. There yeah. is some security in that, and there are good times in that and what, but I had to get to the point where finish and claw. No more. Yeah. I've tried for so long. I've tried for much longer. And it's enough. I think, um, do you think, like you said now with the doctor, I mean, surely he knew. Were there other people in your life that also knew but felt like they couldn't help, they couldn't do anything? No. Not even the closest people to me knew. They were wow. very shocked. It cost me some relationships in the process. Yeah. That I'm still hot so but mm. I had to accept that what they saw all those years 
also made them questions like, so who are you now? Yeah. How yeah. can how can we have dealt all these years with this person? And then some people that I didn't expect to write him off, which I knew they'll keep contact, yet I was never prepared that they will write me off. Sure. And that is close people. Yeah, and, and I suppose that was all part of your process getting out of this. That, that is what sometimes made me go back because you've got so little good left that you just want to keep that. Wow. You like, there's, there's just way too much negative and other stuff going on. It's like, can I just keep these good people? Can I just keep these good relationships? And at that point, when you decide to get out, you have to do it for you. No matter who stands with you, who, no matter who judges you, no matter who writes you off, you have to choose life for you mm -hmm. and nobody else. Sure. You said, you said just now the cost. What was the cost of making that decision to get out and to start a brand new life? It's expensive price, Janine, on so many levels. Mm. You have to physically pack up and start over. You have to deal with all of that. And they say after death and divorce, moving is the third most stressful thing. Yes. So you, now, you've, now you've basically got all three. Yeah. Because... Part of the cost is realizing that you are dealing with a death. Yeah. The living exactly. dead to some extent, because now you are, the, the relationship is dying. No matter whether you have to physically divorce in court or not, it is a, a, a relationship that you invested and this is now dying. It is yes. now, you're basically killing this in, the, in this process. So yeah. there's a, because regarding that, psychologically, there is um, the, the, obviously the physical costs of moving, the cost of relationships. Mm, financially, relationships. Um, yes, and then the financial costs, because now you had the security, like in my case, like my income was maybe a quarter of the house income. So you won't mm. be fine on yourself. How are you going to survive? How are you going to pay for the food? How are you going to pay for accommodation? How are you going to get through this? And you know what? I just decided it's just me and I'll find a way. And the, the, the financial side and the fear of the unknown can be mm. equally paralyzing. Yeah. It's, you know it's a positive thing and you know it's the right thing, but yet that fear of the unknown can also be sure. so paralyzing that you're like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I just had to choose that I've got to. There's just mm. no other no way. Other because way. Th th this is death either way. I'm, I'm dealing with death either in the relationship or me. But something has got to give. And, and I then mean, I if had we to look at the stats, if we look at the stats of gender-based violence, they literally say that one in every third, uh, third woman or third person gets killed by their part partner or their spouse because of gender-based violence. So you're 100% right that what you're saying is it's either me me dying or the relationship dying. Yes, and that, that has got so many levels to that. And I can understand that because some people might not choose to get out of the house or out of the situation in that point in time or might not have a car to go get into and just, just get out. So eventually, what is the only out? Physical death. And to me, in a point, and I think just the last two years, this escalated things so intensely with all the pandemic and all the stuff that went on that what was already there was just amplified because suddenly you caged in and sure. everybody just felt more trapped and mm -hmm. even even if you wanted to get out they closed so many you things couldn't. so you can't even go get other accommodation or things and for me that was like so cruel 
because how was people supposed to be and I specifically followed that during that time and went to go back and go check and it was it was intense it was yeah. more than usual because now yes, suddenly it, 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 it in went this up in 40%. Space, 40%. That is ridiculous. So the people who didn't die of loneliness or disease or whatever, or GBV, I think died of loneliness because even the old people, it was just like, we're not made for that. You're not mm. made to be alone and do things alone. Yet you're strong enough, you can do it. Yeah. Um, I have this one quote that says, when a toxic person can no longer control you, they will try to control how others see you. The misinformation will feel unfair, but stay above it. And awesome. part of the cost you pay with regards to physical stuff, financial stuff, is emotional stuff also. But you mm. have to choose. If ever you've seen that somebody who's got somebody in the family that's dying of cancer and how that cancer literally eats up that body and mm -hmm. the stress and the hurt it creates for the family later that person's mind is no longer there but the yeah. family is dealing with that hurt and even in this situation the family is dealing with that hurt but you have to choose if that hurt is going to eat you up like a cancer become bitterness mm -hmm. and break you or are you going to grow from that? Yeah, yeah. But you have to realize that it's the cost on your loved ones, whether mm. they're part of it or not, whether they knew about it or not. It's intense. Because now they're, they're asking, but that. why did you never tell me? And that's another emotional thing to deal with, right? Yes. Mm. Because if only you told me, I could have helped you. If only you did this, then I could have done that. And part of that, fear that's so crippling is and I knew that mm. so many times I knew that one phone call no matter where a specific family member was in this country or no matter what side he would have worked in one call and he would have been there for me yes. with a trailer or without a trailer but he would have come and fetched me there and get me out Mm -hmm. And that was the first question that we, when they found out, he said, why didn't you phone me? You knew I would help you. Yeah. And no judgment, no fault finding. I'm there to help you. And I knew that. And I never did mm -hmm. that. But also, like you said, the guilt and the shame. It takes over yes. in that moment. For sure. And the, the cost you pay, pay to get out you have to do sometimes small steps because mm. you can get overwhelmed with all of this because after being broken down so many times, some of it by your own doing because, damn it, if I just did it better, if I could just, come on, woman, can you just get this right? And then you, wow. you become so hard on yourself that now you want it right. You want it fixed. You want to do this right. And, it becomes completely overwhelming and you deal with a different kind of fear because yeah. it's so many unknowns. I have to learn to trust me. What do I like? What, what do I, how much can I afford? All of those kind of things. And, and, I, and I think you said it there, say, what do I like? Because in a relationship like that, you have no idea. You lose your identity completely. You don't know what you like. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you are capable of. And it's, it's very true what you say. It needs to happen step by step because you have to make peace not only with the past, but also with the future process that's coming. And that doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. And it's for me, it's still a process because sometimes something will happen and I don't even understand why that has triggered it. Yes, and yes. why did I respond? bond to it in such a way and then yeah. you would go like it doesn't make sense and then you have well, to it does step back and, and it doesn't and, and it does because it. yes because in episode three we talked about trauma and trauma it, when a person is traumatized like that small things will trigger it like a door that bangs or a person that shouts or or even children that shouts you know because they shout because they are playing outside but for you, that's not what you hear. You hear trauma. You're constantly in, 
you're constantly thinking something is going to go wrong. I must look out for this. I must look out for that. You, you're constantly in that fear, living in that fear where you feel you need to protect yourself and your environment. Yes. And one thing I also had to learn to do is um, stop fighting with myself. Yeah. Um, because a lot of that you're so used to repeating in your head and you know what, just give yourself a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, f I forgot to buy the milk or I, yes. um, you know, boiled over or burned the food or whatever. And it's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everything is okay and everybody will be okay. Catch your breath and yes. try again. Yes. And a, a long time it took me to get to the point where do I like to wear this? And, and I actually mm -hmm. challenged myself that in, in many instances because the, the, the dictation just became overbearing that, mm. like you said, you, don't, you, you lose yourself and you don't even realize you, you've lost yourself. Mm. And then, so then I had to learn to challenge myself. So I'll go like, okay, so I'm not just going to the, go to the shop and buy A, B, C, and D. I'm going to see which ones of these do I like. Stupid things like what hair color do I like? What lipstick do I like? What clothing do I like? I mean, yeah. I, I'm not a shopper, but <laughs> I had to go challenge myself and say, okay, do I like this guy? Do I like this color? Do I like this material? And it doesn't, mm. didn't always have to be stuff that's practical, quick, or won't cause conflict. Wow. And in that so, process, I had to learn so much about myself. So in order to pass the process or to pass the test, you had to rediscover passion within yourself, you know, is you need to discover who you are. And when we look at the word passion, I love, I love passion, you know, when we look at the word passion, it actually has the word pass in it. So in order to pass the test, you need to rediscover your passion. And while you rediscover your passion, you need to give yourself a pass, give yourself a break. Because in that process, that is where you discover the new you. Yes, for sure. And it's actually so much fun to discover the, the you that's inside there and buried. And I'm just loving every part of that. Yeah. Uh, and loving to be able to look in the mirror and say, yeah, and financial things we know is often the big one and I am like I said I am very hard on myself but then sometimes I get it right I'm like yes I'm like so well proud done. of myself and I was like yeah so it's like you go girl you're like well done yeah. you did this and you did that and I say like, yeah I did this by myself and win, like, getting some wind wins under your belt you know and and let and me I just say this Yes, exactly. Let me just say, Bianca, the reason why I asked you to be on the program is not to share the past. The reason I asked you to be here today is to share the beautiful future that you have ensured for yourself. You have literally taken your mess and you made a message out of that. You've literally taken the test and you've made a testimony out of that. So what are your plans for the future? Yes, I definitely did that. And um absolutely love who I've become. And Dr. Caroline Leaf said this, and she's it says a quick tip to create your peace, peace in your life. Don't you don't manage the behavior of others. Mm -hmm. You manage your expectations. So what is it I, I expect of myself? Mm. What is it that will make me go look in the mirror and say, Well done, girl? You did that, mm. you know? Yeah. And um, for me, I made myself a promise regarding food. For me, food was one of the big things. And so I was like, it's not a stress management tool. It's not a thing to do when I'm bored. It's not a crutch. It's to have healthy relationships with everything and anything. 
I even discovered I might have a piece of creativity, started doing some reason art and quite a challenge to make things happen with my hands that's here in my head. And um, focusing on better stuff, I yeah. like my essential oils, I'm, I'm building business, I'm doing some sports, I started some new sports and then choosing the right replacements focus mm. on the future that's, focus on the better not you, you know leave leave the past where it is the scars mm. maybe go better the scars might go lighter the scars might stay but today i get up and i get to choose what i want to be where i want to be where do i want to go and um it's nice to say to people when they ask you, how are you? And you say, I'm good. And they go like, I can see that. Wow. You look lighter. You and look, you know you that you happy. really mean it. Yes, for sure. And you, what people see and what you feel are now the same thing. And it's so wow. amazing to have that harmony and everything else is so much easier and clearer yeah. and better to deal with everything yeah. is not this insane intense mountain anymore wow what what advice do you have for women that find themselves in this gender-based violence relationship and um if they're at that point where they know enough is enough at that point where you got what what can you encourage them with to, to get out and to make that final decision? Um, for me, the biggest lie I believed was that people don't love me and they just tolerate me. Wow. And that made me also stop loving me. And there's a video if you go look at um the power of 52 he looks at what are the odds about having a shuffle of cards in the same pro the same order again and mm -hmm. because sometimes when we can put numbers or better concepts to think we understand it better and in yeah. that he goes on to explain how unique you are sometimes we hear it but we don't comprehend it. But when we can mm. see it in numbers, I'm a bit of a number brain. So I, once I've got that in numbers, it's like, this is me. Yeah. And you know what? I'm here and there's only one of me. So sure. let me be the best me I can be for me and everyone around me. Because mm. just like I can wish the whole world the best, but why can't I do it for me? Because mm -hmm. the people that are already in your corner, they're not the problem. But are you? Yeah. Sure. You need to be in your That's corner good. as well. Mm -hmm. And you also deserve that. And mm -hmm. you, what you grow, what, what you will feed will grow. It's like mm -hmm. um, when Butterfly 360 was born, it's that caterpillar doesn't ask to be in that dark, scary maybe like a fear paralyzing situation, but neither does that seed in the ground ask for the darkness and maybe mm. too much rain or whatever. But are you going to die there or are you going to grow and become this beautiful blooming plant? Yeah. Or And going to be the beautiful butterfly that people can stand in awe of. Tell us about Butterfly 360. Butterfly 360 I created, um, that was to share my story of hope. And yeah. you're not alone. You feel like you're alone. And those people you thought might be in your corner aren't. And, but you're still not alone. There's still so many people out there. And mm -hmm. when I released that, I was, um, where's the word now? I was contacted and then I was threatened with civic action to be to have a case opened against me, um, a civil case opened against me. And you'll, you know, sometimes you mean well and then it just blows up in your face. So I had mm -hmm. to 
changed my approach to that because it wasn't seen as a story of hope. It was seen as a story of judgment and it was seen as a story of throw, throwing stones. And for me, Butterfly 360 was 360, you've gone full circle. So just yeah. like the, the butterfly and just becoming like no matter what happened, we don't always get to choose how we start, but we get to choose whether we learn from our mistakes and we get to choose what we do next. Yes. And often that was, if I could just know what to do next, life would be so easy. Mm. And Butterfly 360 is just like, you know what? No matter what fear you're facing, no matter what challenge you're facing, and no matter how, how much you hide it even from yourself that you don't want to see it in the mirror, you too can get up, get out, and become this most beautiful thing. And even that dead situation can come to life and it can mm. be something amazingly beautiful. Absolutely. And that that is that is why that was the whole that is the whole purpose of butterfly 60. The the whole life cycle of the butterfly and then just coming full circle and just you know what when you go for the next circle do it better, do it stronger, do it yeah. do you. I mean yes. you're so unique and so amazing. So just do you. How can people get involved or become part of uh, Butterfly 360? I have a Facebook group. It's a closed group. Um, like I said, due to the threats and being um, criminally prosecuted, I, I shied away from the world. So it is a private group. Otherwise, they can get contact with me. And even on my Facebook, I would just share positive things um, regarding that. Um, so it's it's a small beginnings, but never just mm -hmm. by small beginnings, because Absolutely. you know what, you might be that one person's hope, that one person's lifeline that, and not even know it. Sometimes you find yes. out about it later and, and I mean, never find it. out about it. You said it in this process, you feel completely alone. And, and the reason I'm asking about it is because there's women out there right now listening and watching that saying, I am in that situation. I'm feeling totally alone. Who can I speak to? Or who can I just listen to? I know I need to plan my next step. I know this is not the life that God has ordained for me. I know this is not where I'm supposed to be. And listening and becoming part of a group like that or people that's been through the situation. I know there's women that need that desperately at this point in time. So I will put the link on 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 the uh, video so that if people want to join, they can join your group. And uh, because that is what it is, you said encouragement. It's for hope. It's to help people through their process. Bianca, thank you yeah. so much. You have today encouraged me. You've given me hope because you've been through a terrible situation. But what you did is you took that mess. You made a message out of that. And you didn't let the past get you down. So well done. You didn't let the past get you down. But you also took that past and built a foundation and took away all the stumbling blocks. And you are building a brand new future for yourself. That takes guts and a lot of glory. So well done on that. Um, you are an inspiration to many, many women that are still sitting in that situation and say, but genoeg is genoeg enough is enough i do need to get out so thank you so much for your time and being so open and just explaining to us what happened because it opens up the eyes of people also that has a family member and maybe the last question i want you to answer is if you are a family member what would you have expected from your family to do at that time i know that they didn't know but what are the signs that family members can look out for to see that something is not right and that they can ask a question in order to help. Janine, I think the big thing and lesson that I learned through all of this is trust your heart. Mm. You know what? Screw the system and if all the stigmas and all the things that everybody says and thinks. Yes. Trust your heart. Yes. Because sometimes you feel it and you might not have a name for it or you might not know where it is. We all have yeah. tough days or tough times. But the moment you see that person withdrawing more and more and less and less, you know, the excuses not to come to family functions, the 
calls get shorter, the messages are getting more evasive, the sharing of detail becomes obsolete. Mm. Um, I think the moment that gets longer and longer, it should give you more and more warning signs to say, Something's I don't wrong. think this person is head above water. Mm. Maybe they are drowning. And maybe, yeah. you know, I, I for one had a message and it was, the strangest message was actually my hairdresser that says, I don't know why, but just now I'm thinking of you. I've got no idea what's going on, but you are not alone. Wow. Never asked me, never judged me, never. It's just, you're not alone. And you know what? Let me know if you need to go for a coffee. Let me know if you, um, whatever. Because I had a friend that said to me, but how is this dynamic person and friend that I know and you're doing good and job and I, how did, how? Yes. <laughs> how did you hide yes. all of this so long? Because yes. it's like, yes. I thought I knew you, but okay, I'm loving this new version of you. That's amazing. But how? Yeah. And so easy, especially with technology and things, we get to hide because yeah. we lose this personal interaction and we use things as an excuse and I'm busy. And, mm. and I think that's a big part is we get so extremely busy with everything else. Yeah. Maybe we just need to connect with that person again and say, listen, yeah. or just send that message. You know what? You don't, it's fine if you don't know all the details. Just send that message and say, you're not alone thinking of you today. Or, That's you know amazing. what, you're so special thinking of you today. Have a great day. Mm. I think sometimes that will just open the channel for somebody to just like all those voices that's screaming in your own head to tell you, you know what, I'll be okay. There are people who care. There are people who love me. Maybe I can't love myself right now, but there yeah. are people who love me. And the Absolutely. I do matter. Yeah, that's important. I do matter. Thank you yes. so much, Bianca. Thank you for your time and your insight and wisdom in the situation. And thank you for being an encouragement to other women and also men. Thank you for your time on 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine today. Thank you for, for inviting me, Janine. I appreciate the opportunity and being able to share it. Um, and hopefully that, that helps other people around the world as exactly. well to know you know what i i am actually strong enough and i can get through that and and i really appreciate you entrusting me to be able to share this with others thank yes, you that's it's truly a message of hope it's truly a message of hope thank you so much thank you Thank you for tuning in to 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine. If this program has helped you in any way today, be intentional and share it with a friend. To order your copy of Intentionality, go to www.inten.co.za or shop online and purchase your copy from all leading and participating retailers. Follow me on social media at janintukabu.co.za or visit my website for more information. Now, go be intentional.